Can you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8? This is a, a word that God gave me last week. And then as it turned out, we didn't really preach it. Pastor Daniel had an amazing um, prophetic word, and declaration. And uh, sometimes you can make plans, but you always have to be ready to go with the flow. Just keep talking, she says. So if you can take a look at Matthew chapter 8, I want to read three verses out of there. And they're actually, you might not even, it's, it's an interesting passages that I'm, I'm taking. I do have notes at the back there, um, Daryl, if you wanted to grab them. And maybe uh, somebody else can help Daryl pass them out. But I want to, I want to read three verses from Matthew and then I want to share with you a little bit and I want to make a prophetic declaration over you this t today. So Matthew chapter 8 it says when Jesus came down from the mountain large crowds followed him and a leopard came to him not a leopard a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately their leprosy was cleansed. I find this interesting because this is near the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. If you go to Matthew 4, there are verses in there that talk about Jesus and his fame was starting to spread out. But not everybody knew, but it's interesting, those that did recognized something about Jesus that was different than anybody else. There's something about the Jesus in you that can change your whole world. I do not believe that Jesus is powerless. I believe Jesus is powerful. Full of power. Let's skip down a few verses in verse 5. And when Jesus entered... Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The first time the leper asked Jesus, are you willing? And Jesus says, I'm willing. This one, the centurion just says, I've got this fell at my house and he's paralyzed and fearfully tormented and Jesus, I love the way Jesus responds he says, I'll come and I'll heal him Jesus 
wants to come into your life, into your situation, into your world, into your mess, into your fear, into your torment, and he says, I'll come and I'll heal it. He's capable of doing it. His guarantee is sure. He says, I will come and heal him. Today, there's some of you that need a healing touch from Jesus. Recently, or not recently, but in my office, I have conversations with, with many people, and I've had some counseling conversations and one time I met with a husband and a wife, and I met with them separately. And the first time the, the wife expressed some concerns, then the husband came, and it was very interesting. His first comment was, I just want to make sure that I can say what I need to say. And what he was saying was he, was, he, he figured his wife had, had sold him down the river, and so he, he wanted to share. But he made an interesting comment in our conversation. He said, and husbands and wives, this is important for you to listen and hear. He said, my wife would say things to me and say things, and she would say things in a negative tone, belittling him. Whether it was right or wrong, but she belittled him. He said what he did was he started to put up a wall. And every time she, her voice would get into that tone or that range, he would literally just put up a wall. And after a while, he didn't allow her into certain areas of his life. Because every time she was in there, she made a mess and, and it wasn't a good, healthy relationship. He needed to be healed. Sometimes we get things that happen in our life and we get hurt. I've been hurt. I've had friends in this church that have left and it's hurt. It's caused me to cry. It's caused me to have tears and to have sorrow and sadness. And it hasn't happened once. It's happened a few times. And if you're not careful in situations like that, and if I'm not careful in situations like that, I can build a wall. And I can say, no, they can come into my life, but they can't come past this wall. And Jesus, you're allowed to come into my life, but you can't touch me in this area. Because every time I've allowed somebody into that room or into that space, I've been hurt. And it says this, centurion's servant was lying paralyzed, but I found it interesting, fearfully tormented. Sometimes the sickness we have is one thing, but the way we respond to it is another thing.
And I'm here to tell you today, I don't care if it's a mental sickness, a physical disease. I don't, it doesn't matter whether it's your fault, their fault. It doesn't matter. Jesus says, I am here, and I'll come and heal you. And his healing is very effective. It's our recovery that is suspect. He says, I dealt with your sin once and for all. And as Pastor Nelson, we, he used to say, yeah, David, he said, we throw things in the sea of forgetfulness and then we rent a boat and we go fishing trying to find it again. Jesus says he can heal you and he will heal you. I want to give you a picture of Jesus because this time of the year we celebrate him. I love Christmas. I love it. I enjoy it. But I find the stress and the tension is probably higher. Have you been in a parking lot lately? I mean, we're not even in the store and the tensions are rising. I want you to see another passage. Verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and waited on him. So I gave you three verses in your notes. It says, Matthew 8, verse 1, when Jesus came down. What I want you to see this morning is the power and the effectiveness of what happens when Jesus enters the scene. What I want you to grab in your spirit is the magnitude of the power of Jesus in your life. He didn't have Facebook advertising. He didn't have the gram out. He didn't have anything. All he did was he just came into that place. If you allow Jesus to enter your world, the possibility to change increases astronomically. So, let's play a little bit of mental math here. Mental gymnastics. Is there an area in your life that you have not let Jesus enter? Cue the silence. When you allow him to enter your life and your world, things can change. The power of Jesus is not in question. I want you to see when he entered Capernaum. When he entered Capernaum, somebody heard that he was there, he came. And what's amazing about this, and we've chatted a, a bit about this over the years, they didn't come for prayer. They came for healing. 
I believe in prayer. I've been prayed for. My wife's been prayed for. We pray over our family. But there's an aspect of the faith that they have when they heard Jesus was there. He said, can you come and heal? In fact, a centurion, Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion says, no, I'm a man under authority. And, and, and look at this picture. He says, I'm a man under authority, and I have those under authority. If you want to exercise in the authority of Jesus, you have to learn how to be under authority. Because he even said to Jesus, I know you're under authority, and yet when you speak, something happens. The opportunity for something better to happen arrived when Jesus arrived. Think about that. You've got a business deal coming up. You're praying, how is this going to work out? Sometimes we dismiss Jesus out of the business. Don't ever dismiss Jesus out of your business. Don't ever tell him, you've got this. Don't, don't ever excuse him, but instead invite him. The, the third verse is out of Matthew 8 and verse 14. It says, when Jesus came into Peter's home, he brought a whole new dimension to living when he walked into that room. Peter's mother-in-law was lying on the bed sick and Jesus reached out, touched her hand and what happened? She was healed. I want to implore you in the month of December to allow Jesus into your room. It's real simple. My sermon has one point. Allow Jesus into your space. Every single space. If you want a better marriage, allow him into the marriage. And by the way, don't say, Father, change my spouse. No. It doesn't work very well. Instead, say, Father, change me. Change me. Allow him into those relationships that maybe you've put walls up before because every time you've spoken to them or shared with them, they've ridiculed and made fun of you. Allow Jesus to come into that space and allow his work to happen. This week I was, I was Pastor Daniel last week shared on the gateway of heaven. And I've been meditating on that a little bit myself, and I found it interesting that whole experience that Jacob had was while he was sleeping. He had a dream. What's very interesting is how many times something magnificent happens or something monumental happens in a person's life in the Bible when they dream. Joseph, if you read Matthew 1, 2, 3, it's, I think, four or five times that Joseph did something because he had a dream. 
In a dream, God warned him, don't go back that way. In a dream, God told him to go to Egypt. In a dream, God said, marry your wife. Marry your wife. You know, marry his wife, but also marry your wife. In a dream. In a dream. God can do more while you're sleeping than you can do when you're awake. Can't he? So I gave you some notes here. I said make room for Jesus to enter your world. The opportunity for better arise when Jesus arrives. Who here could use an upgrade in an area of your life? Allow Jesus in that area. Your children. I've had four of them. I still do. I've got five. The hard work pays off. Pastor Winona and I allowed Jesus into our family. And now we have grandchildren. And this week, our grandchildren, the last couple, two or three weeks, they're two years and four years old. They've come to the house. And and on Friday, the one came and he rolled up his shirt and he says, pray for my tummy. And then he prayed for me. And we have children. We are raising children that already are growing in things in the spirit world that we did not learn or understand or fathom till we hit our 20s, 30s, 40s, and some of us are 50s. Take your children now. How many times have you had a conversation with one of your children and then challenged them to pray? Well, that's weird. When you're driving with them, have a spiritual conversation. The growth cards, a great way to have an expression of spiritual growth with your child, and you can have fun about it. You can include them and bring them into the conversation. Your children, how... How many times have you shared with them the fact that there's impossibilities that happen when we get with God, the things that are impossible can happen? Allow him into your room. Let him enter your space. Let him enter your conversations, which might mean your conversations change. I can tell a lot of what conversations happen in a house by talking to a child. Especially when things don't go right and the child all of a sudden just says something. Oh, I hear that happening in their house. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. I went fishing a couple of years ago with, with Charlene and Adrian's kids. It was hilarious. We had three worms and we had like five fish to catch. And every time we caught one, the kid's response was, 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Praise God. Let's keep the worm, Jesus. Give us the worm back. Because we didn't have enough worms for the fish that we were catching. But you know what? What they were speaking was what they talked about in their home. And Charlene and Adrian had fostered an attitude in their home to expect the miraculous, even while they're fishing. That's when I need it. (laughs) Make room for Jesus to enter your world. You read those three verses and see what happens when he enters a place, when he comes into a place. I'm not trying to make this super complicated. I'm trying to make this really easy. Jesus wants to enter your world. It says he stands at the door and knocks. If you want something better to happen in a situation... Allow Jesus there because when he arrives, the better happens. If there's anything that is not producing to the, to the level that you expect, that you believe should be, or where you think it should be based on all your estimations, if it's not there, invite Jesus into that. I'll throw something at you. It says the children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. You know what? They never ran out of shoes. Their shoes never ran out. Start doing the amazing, miraculous, incredible, and unbelievable with God and expect some miracles to happen. I'll tell you, I expect better mileage in my car because I'm a believer than another guy who has the same vehicle as mine. I'm, I'm, you might say, oh, you're just a penny pitcher. No, I'm a believer. I expect things to last long for me because I'm a believer. And you say, well, that's impossible. Good, because that's where God operates. I don't expect... I pray over my vehicles. But I expect them to better perform than anybody else who's not a believer. And if you're a believer, we're going to have the same stories to tell. Allow him into those situations. You say, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I serve a God who loves the ridiculous. He told his disciples, hey, you said we pay taxes. Go fish and grab the money out of the mouth of the fish. I should talk to him about my taxes. He took five loaves and two fish And he said, how many do we got? And they said, we got 5,000 men. And they say that could be anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people. Because they didn't usually count the children or the wives. And he says, great. Bless the food and let's feed them. I've heard of people in today's world that have bought so many supplies because they expected, say, 300 people, so they bought 300 supplies. They had more than 300 people come, and they had more than 300 people get supplies. And I've heard that from people who are credible people. They said, we only had so much because this is all we had our budget for, and more people showed up, and you know what? We just kept supplying, and the last person that went through the line got the last thing. 
Nobody else was left waiting or hungry or missing out. Why? Because they gave an opportunity for Jesus to come into that space and into that life and into that scene. And when he comes into the scene, the impossible can happen. He brings a whole new dimension to your life. We live at this level. And if you're tall, you live at this level. But God wants you to live at this level. And when he comes, that's the level that you live at. Pastor Winona and I have walked into our doctor's office and we've said we're believing for healing. And I appreciate the doctors. I thank God for the doctors. But they put us in a certain box because of their training, their knowledge, or, or maybe their faith. But I'm living up here. I'm living up here. I'm living in a place where if somebody's sick, I can reach out and touch their hand and they're healed. I'm living in the realm where I can walk down the street and my shadow, I don't even say a word because I'm introverted, but I can walk down the street and my shadow can touch somebody and they're healed. That didn't happen to Jesus. That happened to Peter. I believe living in a world where people take articles of clothing that I've worn, that you've worn, and they take it to somebody else, and it says that demons left. Sickness left and demons left. Evil spirits left. Can you imagine that? This article of clothing, and an evil spirit recognizes it, and it leaves and flees. Why? Because a whole new dimension of life happens when Jesus comes. Raise your level of expectation this December. Don't just buy tree, Christmas gifts to put under the tree, but be a gift for somebody else and raise their life because of the dimension of Christ in you. When Jesus entered the space, what happened? Miracles. Things that weren't happening before happened. What do you need? Somebody yell at me. What do you need? You're healed. You walk in healing. Because Jesus is able. Live at the life and the dimension of what he said. Allow him to enter your world, Justin, and you're going to see changes in you. You're going to walk around and you're going to see healing happen around you. Anybody else need anything? Okay, money. Oh, you can't talk about money. Talk to Jesus about money. Go fishing, Pastor Daniel. He hates fishing. He gets seasick. Well, this is really going to be a miracle, isn't it? I speak blessing over you. You are a giver. I'm going to go off script here. I did not expect this. But none of you, none of you here realize the sacrifice that Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda have done. Financial. 
windows of heaven are open. And you are not going to have room. And some of you are going to get jealous because he's going to laugh at the abundance of God. Let it pour. Anybody else have a need? I'm getting emotional. You'll get more out of me. Healing. Vegetables. What kind of vegetables? All of them. Okay. You say, well, that's ridiculous. No, that's healthy. Okay. Today they'll eat some. And you say, oh, well, I just was being silly. Yeah, yeah. God can make it happen. Allow Jesus. Bless it before it happens. Say, once a fish, now a fish. No. Bless the food before you, they eat it. And say, Jesus, we're honoring you. I, is, you're saying, well, you're being ridiculous. Yeah, God is ridiculous. He cares about those things. Any other parents here that have some passions for your children that you'd say, I just wish my child would do something? Any, any parent? Do something. Yeah, they're, they're all raising their hands. You know what I mean. My passion is for my child to... to if, if you're a parent and you've got a passion for your kids, raise your hand. And say after me, Jesus... Enter the scene. Period. One last passage. Luke chapter 1. Story of birth of Christ. But I want you to see something. An angel comes to Mary. The angel Gabriel, I believe it is. The angel answers her in verse 35, and he says, The power, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Can you say that with me? Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing will be impossible with God. You either believe it or you don't. And there are times when I believe it and there's times when I say, God, help me in my unbelief. Who here is facing anything impossible in their life? Doctors have said it. Educators have said it. The financial prognosticators have said it. The experts have said it. The people have said it. You look at it and you say it's impossible. Is there something in your world that you look at and people have told you or you've been told it's impossible? You'll never get a house. You'll never get this. You'll never get your education. You'll never see your child do this. You'll never live past this. You'll, if there's some 
in something in your life where people have said the word never and it sticks with you? It hits you? It resonates and not because you're dwelling on it, but it just hits you and it stays in there? Mary, who was a virgin, conceives. How does that happen? The impossible, the Holy Spirit, comes upon her. Allow God to enter your world. Don't overcomplicate it. Take your cards this week and just say, God, enter my world. Because what's impossible with man is, imp- is possible with God. And Mary's response is, may it be done according to your word. You've got to believe for the impossible before you see the impossible. You've got to believe for it. You've got to say, okay, your word says it. Let it be. Take your life to a whole nother level and allow Jesus to flow, to move, Allow God to minister. Allow God to break things down. Allow God to manipulate things that you could never imagine or think or expect. But the power of God comes into that situation. And all of a sudden where people said no, they're coming and they're saying, how can we help you with this? How can we make this happen? How can we be a part of this? Hey, I want this to deal to work. Hey, I want this to happen. Hey, man, I, I made a mistake. I just realized it. Allow God to move. Move in the impossible and see the impossible happen in your life because Jesus is involved in your life. The last thing I'd like to do is I want to read a declaration and I'd like you to join with me. If you could take your cards. The declaration card. Does everybody have it? I don't know what color it is, but it's the one that says my declaration. Burnt orange. No? Okay. It says my declaration. I can read writing. I can't read color. Everybody have it? Can you raise it if you've got it? Okay. The first declaration is from this passage in Luke. And this is just one that I've written with my wife and and our kids. You might say it differently. That's okay. But for right now, let's read this declaration together. Okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Every word God speaks is full of power, potential, and life. My life is not empty but full of the promises of God. My life is full of power and promise. God fulfills every promise that he has spoken over me. All of his promises are yes and amen. God does not speak a word for it to only do nothing and die, 
But every word that he speaks goes out and accomplishes what he said it would do. God's words carry with them power, authority, and life. Mountains move when God speaks. So whatever mountains I am facing, they will move at the sound of God's word. Let it be according to your word. Amen? Let's stand. What I'd like you to do is look for somebody, take their hand, look them in the eye, and just say, God bless you this week. And Brad, not just your wife. But find somebody, bless them, encourage them, hug them, give God's best to them.